Hello, everyone, and welcome to Method Meets Magic Radio. You're here with Jess Bubbico and Dan Mangana. Dan, how are you doing? I'm fabulous. I've had a boogie, and I'm here with you and our special guest, and of course, our beloved Mr. Eric also. Yes, we have today on the show, we're very, very excited to have high performance coach James Williams on the show today. James works with his clients through a compassionate yet strong line of accountability, strategies, routines that break down the pillars of performance, like with your relationships, yourself, your mission, and others. Um, and so he is here today to talk to us about taking action. James, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. Wonderful to be here. So we asked James to be on the show today because we have gone through our um, nine-week series and we're talking about how to make changes in your life. How do you start to work towards um, your goals and creating more of what you desire in your life? And James is an expert in taking action. So James, we're super happy to have you on the show today to share your tips, tricks, and tools with all of us. I'm excited to be here. And yeah, there's, uh, there's lots of tips and tricks and we're all learning, right? It's a, it's a continuous journey and I'm still learning myself. And, um, you know, speaking to wonderful people like yourself, we always, uh, always have the opportunity to learn something new. And yeah, it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited to dive in and see what we can conjure up. Yeah, absolutely. And we have two men who have fabulous accents on the show today and they're <laughs> here with my American accent. Um, so I'm, we're, we're super excited for today. So James, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, as you so wonderfully introduced me earlier, I am a high-performance high coach, but really that's just one element of what I, I'm all about. Um, it's always interesting when people ask you what you do. And I think that after my my stint as a um as a designer and a, a producer um graphics producer in television i think after that after working for the man if you like in corporate after that i wouldn't ever describe as anything anything i do is something i do it's, it's more of what i am and the direction that i'm taking my life and i think that ultimately that is i like to describe myself as a possibilitarian you know i i think that something that emily and i I've recognized over the last few years is that we have reconnected with that possibility mindset that both of us actually had growing up. And it was only really for a lot of us, what happens, you know, we become a teenager, society and the world tends to overcome us with what we should think and where we should go. Um, and so where I am now is someone who's reconnected with that young man who's a possibilitarian. And I am now that I am, living life without a ceiling um, seeing how far I can push myself, uh, my mindset, my performance, my relationships, my, my dreams. And along that journey, personally, I, I love to, to see what I can do to support others in coming along with me, ultimately. I'm so glad that you brought up the possibilitarian because I saw that on your website today and was going to ask you about what what is your definition of a possibilitarian? So I'm so glad that you brought that up. What is <laughs> what is a possibilitarian? A possibilitarian is someone with a possibility mindset, right? I think one of the one of the early books that really impacted me was The Big Leap uh, by Gay Hendricks, which is all about you know not having a ceiling to your possibility. And I think that in in all areas of life, not just career, not just health, but in in every single day. 
if you can really connect to what it is to having that possibility mindset, then you, you just stretch yourself that little bit further. You know, what can I do today? What am I capable of doing today? How, how much better, how much happier and healthier and more excited can I be today? And I'm trying to live like that every single day. And that's why I have, I mean, you may have heard it for the first time. We're on um, Good Morning La La Land in, in, the, in LA recently. And it popped out of my mouth then. And, uh, and it really resonated. And I think it's something that's, that I'm reminding myself of regularly. Because you know this, Jess, we're always pushing. We're always growing to that next level. And there's always something to threaten your seat and throw you off. And I think that for me, having having mindset of possibility means that I'm never scared because I can bounce back from being shoved off. Yeah, I I love how you you spoke about um, in the what you first said. You were talking about being a kid and how you you and Emily are both getting back to that sort of mindset that that we have when we're kids. And what is it that you think that? Um, you know, when we're kids, we have this a possibilitarian sort of mindset. What do you think it is that that shifts people out of that from childhood into adulthood? Hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. When you think we're born into this world with no perspective, no judgments, um, you know, we that's why we learn so fast. We, we don't have, you never hear a young child saying, when you ask them the question, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? You never hear a young child saying, well, Based on my credentials right now, I think I could probably only make it to be a secretary. They say I want to be a, a, an astronaut or a fireman or a Luke Skywalker, right? They, they grow big. And then at some point, you know, after people around them saying, don't be silly, you know, you're just going to set yourself up for disappointment or, you know, be realistic. And then watching TV and watching movies of, of things not working out and watching the news that tends to report more negative than the wonderful things going on in the world. After a while, and it happens at different points for everyone, I think we just get battered into to submission. And you know, depending on your upbringing and the support systems you have depends on A, how deep that goes, and B, whether you actually come out of it or not, right? And I think that for me personally, reconnecting to that, that for me, it was a 12, the 12 year old. I, I, for some reason, connect with the 12 year old boy who, who knew exactly what he was. That's probably the oldest I was before I started slipping down the track of, you know, okay, I'm submitting to, to society now. Um, and so I think that it's really important to, we can learn from the kids that are around now you know, and, and learn from their possibility mindsets and say, okay, if I take everything that I know now as an adult, but with that mindset, hey, I can dream to be Luke Skywalker again. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's I think you, you hit the nail on the head, conditioning, this conditioning that we're, we just hear over and over again in the repetition um, that we can't do something or don't dream too big or go to college and make sure that you pick something that makes sense and you're going to make money and it's safe and it's secure, whatever, whatever conditioning we hear. I was right. in Disney this past week um, with my family and it was really interesting to observe um, adults coming back to this dreamland and, and what's, mm -hmm what's possible, what we're capable of, um, yeah. so much more beyond what, what many of us are doing and creating in our lives. And that's, um, a big part of, you know, uh, James and Emily are actually my coaches and they are always inspiring me to think bigger, dream bigger, um, to, to, to really 
think beyond my own limitations. And so I'm really excited for you to share some of the tools that you use in your practice that um, that I've used through working with the two of you that really can make a huge difference in, in moving towards your goals. So super excited for that. I did skip over Dan, I think. I think I just got so excited. James oh, was here and just- like, I, I, To be honest, head. I'm sitting here in absolute bliss listening to this. I'm just like- Go James, go James, go James. <laughs> and also, Jess, I felt I've also felt a little bit bad because I didn't ask how you were as well. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I'm so good. <laughs> I'm happy. So happy but I'm just here. sitting here, just like James, go preach. I feel like James is at the pulpit right now, just spitting the truth, and I'm here receiving and very happily doing so. Very much, very much enjoying, and very much enjoying. I love it. So, um, James. When you um, let, let's talk about taking action and and really taking aligned action. So, how is it that you help your clients really take action that's in the direction of their goals? Because it's easy to throw spaghetti at the wall and just take action in any direction. How do you people help people get really focused on on the direction they're headed in? That's a great start, Jess. Because I, I think what's very common is people think they know what they need. Um, and quite often they don't. Um, it, I think it's very hard at the beginning to tell the difference between that subconscious voice that is has been a little bit battered and is trying to keep you small and that intuitive voice that's trying to pull you towards the light, right? That's trying to take you towards your possibility. And so really the first step for me is clarity. It's It's really getting to identify, okay, let's first start with who are you at your best? Let's use that, as I call it, the past habitual library, the, the memory of everything you've ever done and seen and heard, that stack of confidence or, or self-worth that you have. Let's look back there. Let's think about the days, the memories, the, the experiences you've had where you recognize that you've shown up as that awesome version of yourself. And let's describe that person. Let's give it some adjectives. Let's give that person some adjectives. And once they, once they start to recognize memories of how they've been at their best, they start to get a little bit clearer about what their strengths are, what, what it is that they really want, not what they think they can achieve. Therefore, they start dreaming about, okay, let's dream now. Let's be really, like, really, really, like, big thinking. Let's, like, just pretend our movie is a dream and write the script, no matter how crazy it might seem to that little voice in our head that's trying to keep us small. Let's go really big and think like that child again. Um, based on what's excited us and, and brought us out of ourselves in the past. Then you'll find that when you when they, that kind of description, that instruction manual of the best self comes out, they get the opportunity to then start really dreaming. Okay, So it really all starts with awareness uh, and clarity around who is, who is the best person of me that gets to make these decisions and dream. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, lots of sense. And lots of keywords that we enjoy here on Method Meets Magic. Yeah, the the, the something that um, recently came to my mind. I think when I when I, I would actually really love to have you tell everyone a little bit about um, your 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 business with Emily and what the two of you um, what you've created together as well. In case anybody's interested in um, you know finding you and being able to work with you as well. Yeah, well, it was, um, it, you know, it's interesting. It was a beautiful marriage of both literally and from a personal development relationship, business growth. I mean, the whole thing was very seamless in a lot of ways. Um, but ultimately, like I said, it started with, you know, two people who did 
come together with possibility mindsets. I think the difference at the beginning was Emily growing up surrounded by entrepreneurs had a very much a just get it done. Like she is the anti-procrastinator. That's what I call her. It's a superpower, right? Yeah. Do not procrastinate. She doesn't even know how to procrastinate and she's very good at stopping people from procrastinating. And she helped me with that. Um, and so I think watching her start this business um, as a dream to help female entrepreneurs live beyond their dreams. You know, she was just the girl from a hire of really big dreams. And with that, that just go get it attitude, she learned what she needed to learn. She didn't know how to run a business. She didn't know, you know, the, the intricacies of coaching or how to develop yourself as a human being. She just recognized, like we talked about earlier, who she is she, she, at her best. What do I need to learn? Where do I want to go? And she made it happen. And along that ride with her, I kind of, I fell in love with the, with the idea of coaching as, as it, as it, as it is in the world of positive psychology, uh, as we have it around us now, you know, living in the UK growing up, that wasn't something I was really exposed to. There was personal development books, you know, there was Tony Robbins. There was, there was an, a kind of a surface level that I was absorbing. But, um, when Emily first started sort of studying, I studied with her. And then the big brave decision to leave my job after getting a coach. I found Brendan Bouchard. I, I got into high performance coaching. That became my thing. I love that. And so with the balance of Emily's success mindset, money mindset, and, and how that goes towards building a business and business strategy, you know, I was seeing how, you know, this was from a health perspective, really tough on her, her, really tough on, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, male and female. And it really lined up very well that me being very passionate about health and physical and uh, mental performance was something that married beautifully into supporting Emily and supporting the female entrepreneurs that were coming to us in the business at I Heart My Life. And I think it just worked out. It, it just so happened to be what I was really passionate about. And it really served us as we were growing because we realized that physically and mentally, we needed to have a, a level of maintenance and momentum to our performance. And that's what I, I learned. That's what I mastered. That's what I teach. And so as we were growing, we were learning. As we were growing and learning, the, the entrepreneurs that were coming with us were growing and learning. And we now are scaling, getting bigger and able to serve at a higher level. And the people that we serve are coming with us and doing things for themselves at a higher level. And so it's just, it's like a beautiful conveyor belt of life. Um, and the level of influence, direct or indirect, just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's a, it's a really beautiful thing. And it's... That's why the company's called I Heart My Life, because throughout this journey, it's so important that this thing called life every day, not when you've made X amount of dollars or pounds, not you know when you've hit that goal, but every single day, you heart your life, you love your life. This is your one opportunity to just enjoy your life. And so through high performance, through a possibilitarian mindset, through you know really going for your dreams, you get to love your life every day and, and overcome any of the challenges along the way. And that's what I Heart My Life is all about. So for anybody out there who is interested, you can go to iheartmylife.com and um, Emily and James work with female entrepreneurs who are building, um, I love the, the front of their website says it's time to create a life and business 
better than your dreams. So you can go and check them out there. And like I said, I've worked with them. They are amazing. So if you are interested, you have a business and you're, you're saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I really want to grow. I know there's a bigger vision and I'm, I'm ready to grow into it. I would highly recommend going and, and checking them out because it's been a really amazing experience. Um, something that you said, James, that I find really interesting. So you talked about okay, we have to have this vision, this like dreaming big, this, this big vision of what it is that you desire to create in order to really know how to take action or what action to take. And so you then describe that, you know, you came together with Emily and you're two, you know, separate people coming together in a partnership. Um, when you, did you have the same vision coming in? Did you have to create a new vision once you kind of came together and decided to start working together for people out there who maybe have partners or in partnerships? Um, how did that work? Uh, we didn't have the same vision specifically um, for the business. We, I, we both had the vision of more, right? The, I mean, I was, I was, I just realized that I was in a bubble. Right, and I was running around that bubble trying to solve the "I want to do more" question by running around the same bubble, and it was those, that bubble was a career and trying to get lots of promotions. I was going from, you know, I was teaching myself different kit and different skills and getting promotions and going to different jobs and wondering why I wasn't happy. Happy, and it's because it was all within this bubble. Once I poked my head outside the bubble and realised there's a whole wide world of possibility. That's where me and Emily really connected because it was, okay, there is more. And it's really crucial, Jess, and everyone listening, that you don't actually need to know what it looks like yet. You don't need to know how. You don't even need to have a very clear vision. It's more of a feeling and it's more of a trust that I am capable of so much more that I may never even discover how much more I'm capable of. I might just keep going. And really, that's what it was at the very beginning. It was just this idea of more. And you know, at the very beginning of my journey, Emily was a huge inspiration for me because she was definitely thinking bigger than me. You know, my possibility, my possibilitarian mindset needed feeding, right? It was, it hadn't been fed since that 12-year-old. Whereas Emily had had it for probably most of her life, even though it's still at the time not as big as it is now. And so we connected on just this intention of more this intention of we can do anything we want to do and there is no such thing as impossible. And then from then, it was just a matter of, like I said, you just you just head off in the journey. And as long as, if, if you've got too much of a fixed point, then you're limiting possibility. You're blinding yourself to all the other avenues that are left, right, right? And so we just kept moving forward and things just happened very, very quickly. I mean, we moved in together in one apartment, this small little pokey place that was tiny and you couldn't even sit on the sofa for more than five minutes without it being uncomfortable. And then we moved again to a slightly bigger place. And then we moved again to an even bigger place and then to an even bigger place. And it was like every year and a half, two years, we were, we were physically moving and the business was moving and our opportunities were moving and our mindsets were moving. And so really it was just moving together. Um, in, in, in alignment. And even now it's adjusting. Even now there's talk of, okay, you know, what are these things that, that I can do? I mean, I do, I do work with clients outside of my life. You know, I work with, with guys as well. I have clients that come to me from outside our company, but then we'll always be together in our, my life, but there'll be other little branches of things that will happen. And why put a limit on that? And I think that um, ultimately it's like, I think who's it? I was listening to someone the other day, uh, Tanjit and uh, the, the one of the CEOs of um, Mind Valley, and he was talking about 
how life, everyone's got these kind of like rigid marks for life. You go through school getting A's and B's or 90% or 70% or 60%. I think it's a score. And you can't live life like it's a, like there's a score to live up to, right? Life's a dance. And I think that's why we worked because we were just dancing through life. We were, we were listening to the music and we were hitting the high notes and the low notes and some notes felt better than others, but ultimately it's just a dance, right? And that gives life such a fluidity and such a, such a freedom that you don't need to have all the answers. And I think that's the key message here is that when you learn to live from your intuition, you, you get awareness about what you really need. And that as a high performance coach, it, you know, yes, there are lots of systems and structures to help people gain a level of performance, but ultimately it's a relationship with yourself and it's learning how to dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing right? is inherently good. Nothing is inherently bad. It's only the, the meaning that we give to it. So if we allowed exactly. our failures, quote unquote failures, the things that don't go well to pull us down and tell, say, don't take more action. Don't keep going towards your dreams. Don't keep thinking and dreaming bigger, bigger, then we're going to feel stuck. Mm, exactly. Everything's just a flavor. There's <laughs> lots of flavors of ice cream out there and we may like some more than others, but you know, the sweet ain't as sweet without the bitter. How yeah. would you know if it tastes, how would you know that it tasted so good? if you didn't have the bitter every now and then. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And that goes back to something that came up a couple of weeks ago about contrast and the whole idea that it's the stories that we put around things that makes contrast a bad thing. Even when we're going to nature, pain is just a signal. It's not inherently good or bad in of itself. It's just a signal to look a little closer at something. So again, right. I'm just bathing in the goodness, to be honest. Bathing in the goodness and learning at your feet. It's all right for Jess. Jess gets to learn from you guys. I'm kind of like piggybacking and getting my little, uh, my magic carpet ride with you today. So. It's available for you. you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. That is very true. Um, so James, when, what are some of the ways in which, so for we have, you know, we've talked about in this nine week series, the idea of number one, um, you know, we talked about alignment. How do you start to get in alignment with what it is that you desire, that bigger dream that you have for yourself? And we talked um, first, you know, about emotions and making sure that, you know, when, when our, we go into that, that bitter flavor of ice cream, when we go into, this doesn't feel really good, you know, how do we start to shift out of that so that we can, um, you know, change our mindset into that big picture thinking into that mm-hmm. anything is possible, the possibilitarian. And then this last piece being, um, you know, action and taking action. And I'm so glad that you're really, you're really incorporating all of those other components into everything that you're talking about here as well. When you have found yourself, um, I'm sure at times feeling like, you know, I don't want to say down in the dumps, but feeling like in that slump or feeling not inspired or feeling as though, um, you know, you hit a wall or something like that. What are, what are the ways in which um, you or the way that you coach your clients through moving out of that space and moving back into possibility? Yeah. Well, you know, the truth is, and this is the case for any, anyone on in the world, even the most high performing, successful, crushing it person out there, it's never about not falling off, right? We will always fall off. We will always experience the bitter ice cream. It's about bounce back ability. It's about how quickly can you, can you recognize your opportunity to learn and, and come back even stronger. 
And that work starts before you've even got into taking the big jumps and the big leaps. Um, it starts right at the beginning. And the, the more work you put into the foundations of your mindset, of your, your heart set, your soul set, your, your, your core belief system, your awareness of yourself, the more work you put in there, the quicker you're going to be able to bounce back. And so ultimately, though, you're right, yes, there are going to be clients, there are going to be people that, that are they're doing the work, they're going through, they're going through all the, uh, the big leaps, and then they fall. And it hurts. And it feels like the easiest direction is to give up because the other direction just feels like they've got to now scale the entire mountain all over again without even an opportunity to recover. And so here's a real opportunity to, to recognize that energy is something that is accessible by for everyone at any time. There is an unlimited amount of energy for all of us. And Dan, even Dan said it earlier on, right? It's a perception thing. You perceive that you don't have what it takes to climb out of that hole. Actually, you do. And your, your mind's ability to add a layer between that reaction and the response um, means that you do have the opportunity to respond. And, I, and what I teach my clients is how to go from reaction to response. I call it your responsibility, which is your ability to respond. And once you realize you have the ability in any, no matter how bad you're feeling, you have the ability to stand up, to write down all the things you're grateful for, to recognize the lessons, to think, do you know what? I've got my entire life ahead of me. I've, I've now recognized something huge that doesn't work. Awesome. Now I know what not to do next time. And think about how proud I'm going to be when I overcome this and, and achieve this next result. And if you can connect to the emotion, not the intellectual idea, I think this is the trick. People over-intellectualize a lot of stuff and you, it just becomes knowledge. When you can actually attach to the emotional connection, the emotional feeling of what it's going to be to overcome this, this fall and achieve what you want to achieve, even if it's just that 1% extra, then it's that spark of motivation. It's that, okay, I dropped a weight on my foot at the gym and I've got to wait for my foot to heal. But you know what? Next time I'm going to go back, I'm going to lift an even heavier weight, right? Or I'm going to lose that weight or I'm going to beat my time, whatever it is. And then the first time you do that, you recognize the first time you overcome a big fall, you really put a lot of attention into, into recognizing the job you've done. Then the next time you fall, you're even more prepared. And so it's, it's, a, it's a recognition thing. I talked about the library, the past habitual library. There is a shelf in that library for confidence, right? And it's up to you to stack it. It's up to you to stack it. And you stack your confidence self shelf by recognizing your competence. And we've talked about this, Jess, right? Yeah. Competence equals confidence. Confidence gives you more, more of an ability to be competent. And it's a circle, but we must recognize it. And that's a self-love thing. You must give yourself the credit along the journey to build up the fuel that you need to be able to bounce back. Absolutely. I find that, that, um, exactly what you're saying. It can be so challenging to, you know, if a little kid fell, we'd all go run and, you know, want to pick them up and make sure they're okay and check on them. And then yet sometimes I find with us human 
big adults, you know, we fall and we're critical of ourselves and we push ourselves down even further. And so I love this idea of stacking confidence. And um, I had a client that used to say like failing forward, like once you've, you've fallen or something's happened, you have the muscle memory of like, oh, you know what, this has actually happened before and I've been okay. And this is how I overcame it. I know we were talking about David Nagel and talking about his company and how, um, we, I talk about David Nagel a good bit on this podcast that he's going to mm-hmm. be on in a couple of weeks, which is really awesome too. Um, but you know, somebody embezzled a whole bunch of money from him and right. instead of going after him and suing him and staying in this whole long battle and probably not getting the money, he went and just said, I've done it once. I can build another successful business yeah. in the same way. So and letting go, ultimately letting go of the resentment, right? Yeah. For the person that, you know, for the person that kind of like created that whole situation, he let go of the resentment. And this is so big. This is so huge is that the only person that will stand in our way from overcoming um, a situation that has slowed us or stopped us is us. We're the only people, right? Resentment is self-harm, right? Guilt is self-harm. Nobody can make us feel bad. It's how we perceive it. No one can make us feel anything. We make us feel things based on how we perceive things. And that is the whole discussion of bounce back because the, the moment you take full responsibility for your experience of the world, the quicker that you can respond in a way that is in alignment with that best self that we talked about at the beginning. Yeah, and that's, that's true resiliency right there. Mm-hmm. I would love to um, talk a little bit too, James, about um, the idea of, you know, we, we've talked about sort of the mindset that goes with it and something that I know if we can shift gears a little bit from the mental, emotional, and really look at also the other piece of this, which is the physical. Mm. Um, you, I know you do a lot with sleep and talking yeah. about sleep and, and how that affects us. I would love to hear um, a little bit about that that part of your journey that you've been working sure. with. Yeah. I mean, physiology is a, a huge part, you know, our, our psychology affects our physiology and vice versa. And so that's a huge passion of mine, uh, physical fitness, nutrition, wellness, and, uh, more recently over the last year or so sleep, um, recognizing that recovery, whether it be in our sleep or not is, is an essential part of growth. So whether it's, you know, the, the stress of a business, the stress of learning new information um, and then in, in integrating that information is, is about recovery. Um, you know, we were at a, an amazing event a couple of years ago, Emily and I, called the Titan Summit with Robin Sharma. And there's a guy there speaking, Filippo Angario, who used to train astronauts in space. And he did this wonderful talk. And I think the simplest concept he came up with was that every, every stress full situation. And when I say stress, I don't mean negative stress. I mean, physical muscular stress or mental stress where we're learning every amount of stress has to be matched with 50% recovery. And when you think that that is ultimately what sleep is, it's recovery. If you're not mastering your sleep, like it's an, like it's another part of your business, then your business, your health, your learning will, will suffer because when you sleep, your body restores and heals and grows your mind restores and heals and grows if you're not mastering your sleep a lot of the work you're putting in just isn't doing anything it's wasted 
If you're if you're working a ton of hours in the day, and let's say only really leveraging 25% of the sleep that you should be out of that 50%, then a lot of the stuff you're learning, you're not learning. You're remembering it and you'll forget it. A lot of the stress that's happening in your body is not healing. Therefore, you're actually going to be damaging yourself. This is where burnout happens. This is where a lot of new businesses fail. It's not because the people aren't intelligent enough. It's because they can't give their best self all the time. And eventually they burn out. The relationships fail because they can't be their best. Hmm. So just thinking about what can I do to master my sleep, that is, you know, if you really want to be the best for your business and your relationships and your clients, you will make sure that you're recovering every single night. I'm going to call myself out and say, I totally did not. I got maybe five hours last night. Dan, how'd you do on your sleep hygiene for last night? I'm, I, I get up at 3.45, as you know, regardless of what time I go to sleep. So what I was actually going to ask James is, is that unbroken sleep or is it sleep cycles? Is it, is it the number of sleep cycles? Because like now my body's acclimatized. That I, do, I get up between three o'clock and four o'clock. Even if I don't set an alarm, I'll be up. So what I, time do you I'm, go to bed on average, Dan? Uh, it, it, it depends. But regardless of what, if, if I go to bed at two o'clock, I still meet that, that commitment to be up at 3.45. So here's, here's some sleep stats for you. And I think what yeah. is, um, for all of those people listening, um, Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep, is, is an incredible book. If you, Matthew Walker, another fellow Brit with a beautiful accent like us. Um, he is, uh, come on, hands on the flag. He, is, uh, he has a lot of wonderful videos on YouTube um, and a lot of scary stats about what, what happens when you don't get enough sleep over a lot of your lifetime. And I don't want to bring us down to some dark areas on this, on this <laughs> interview, but it, you know, it's pretty, it's, it's interesting. You know, both, both you guys are high performers, right? You are natural high performers. And the interesting thing about high performers is that we can run on burnout for five years without knowing that we're burnt out. Wow. And then you know what happens? Then the physical stuff starts to happen, right? Hair falls out. You start getting health issues that are serious and unreversible. Okay. Sleep is a really important thing. And so it's, it's important to say, okay, you know, I get up at a certain time and I've just got used to that. Like we know. I, I do go back to sleep afterwards sometimes, Dave, not to cut you, but I do go back to sleep. If I, if I, I won't like, oh, I'm not allowed to go back to bed now. I mean, today I went back to sleep. I, was, I think my morning practice ran me to about 5.30. And then oh, I was great. for a couple of hours. Yeah, that's your circadian rhythm. That's all that is. It's um, around around sort of 2, 3 o'clock in the morning is another point in your circadian rhythm. Um, mm-hmm. But there, there's, lots of, there's lots of stats there. I mean, it depends on, you know, what you did in the last hour before you go to bed. So okay. if it would be useful, I can describe to you guys how to set yourself up for a great night's sleep. And oh, also yes. recognizing Do it. that... If you, if you were to wear an aura ring like myself um, to measure your sleep, and if you, were to, if you were to be able to measure how much REM you're getting and how much deep sleep you're getting, then we'd be able to know whether the sleep you're getting is restorative. Because even though average stats say, you know, around seven to eight hours of sleep a night on average is what every human being needs, it's actually more of a quality than a quantity. On average, everyone needs around seven or eight. So the recommendations that I would always give is get aim for seven or eight. But if you learn to master your sleep, you can get away with less, but you still need the same amount of REM and deep sleep as all those people getting seven or eight, okay? Um, because that's where the, res- the, the 
recovery happens. If the recovery is not happening, you're slowly degradating. Your cellular energy, your cellular health will, um, will be slowing down. Uh, so we've got something called mitochondria in our cells. The mitochondria are like, they're basically the, 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 the energy factories of the cells. They're like one of the earliest living things on this planet um, that, that fuels us. And between the age of 30 and 70, on average, we lose 50% of our mitochondria. But what has been proven in the last five, 10 years is that doesn't actually have to be the case, that we can restore and grow new mitochondria, which means that theoretically we can be living to 120, 130 years old if we live a certain lifestyle, recognizing that the world we live in now, we need 50% more energy than we did 100 years ago because there is that much more environmental toxins and, and energetic sucks if you like than they used to be right we're living in challenging times and we're all driven and excited with lots of opportunities and lots of distractions and telephones and you know computers and all these things you know wanting our energy and so it's our responsibility if you want to serve for a long time at your best and be the best for your loved ones and your clients and your business to really think about your recovery in a real serious manner because it you know the gra it feels gradual right now, but there's a certain age where that graduation is going to steep down and you're just not going to be able to serve anymore, you know? And so why wait before you take it seriously and, and think, what could I be doing to have a better sleep? So as I promised, I'll give you an idea um, what, we, what we can be doing to set ourselves up for a good sleep. And that is really, and this is when it, com when, when it comes to any kind of recovery, it's thinking about what has happened to my body. How can I undo some of those effects and set myself up for a sleep? And then in the morning, what's, what's been happening to my body while I've been sleeping? And how can I set myself up to be prepared for a day of energy? And so before I go to bed, like even before we jumped on here with you guys, I know that we're, you know, we're, we can see, see each other. But I said to you, you know, if it's okay with you, I'm going to switch my camera off because it's my evening and I don't normally do interviews this time of night. And so I'm, I'm, my light's slow. I'm doing all I can. I wouldn't normally be in front of a screen at this time of night. So an hour before I go to bed, no screens, no telephone, no, no, no screens of any kind, no problem solving. I'm undoing physically what's happened in my body by stretching and moving. I'm hydrating and I'm getting my mind from like, alpha problem solving mode to beta relaxed subconscious mode so that when i actually go to bed i'm prepped to be able to fall asleep because if i go to sleep and if i wait until i'm really tired and about to pass out and i've gone from problem solving to try and go to sleep i'll go to bed and i'll wake up two hours later who's yeah. anyone familiar with that story oh yeah definitely. oh yeah and in the morning What's the most common thing that a busy, busy entrepreneur does? They reach for their phone, check the email. Who's emailed me? Did I get that client? Is that person, you know? So I've taken a cold engine that has been lying still all day, dehydrated, hasn't been breathing very deeply, very low oxygen. And I'm picking up a phone and asking it to solve a complex problem. And I'm like, it's like, it's like getting in a car that's been frozen and frozen or frozen all night in the snow and sticking the accelerator down and expect the engine to perform at its full. It's not going to, it's going to break. So I spend the first hour prepping my mind and my body to be a, 
an optimal machine by hydrating, by breathing, by stretching, moving, and by slowing my brain up and setting it with a positive, um, grateful attitude so that when I meet my business, I meet my business hydrated, fit, flexible, positive. And if I do that every day, my chances of optimal recovery are skyrocketing. How have you seen these things change? Um, have you always been um, great with your sleep routines? Um, I, I had a late teens and, and early to mid twenties, like a lot of guys in the UK, where I, I, you know, I drunk lots of alcohol. I went out late. You know, the same, same of all of us. And so, no, I haven't. Um, I've always been someone who's enjoyed fitness, but looking back now, I it was playing very small. I mean, you're not fit if you go to the gym and then, you know, have a McDonald's at the end of the day. I mean, it's just, it's not, again, you think about recovery, you're not fueling your muscles. So there's all the, there's a lot of guys out there working out and thinking, why aren't I getting fitter and muscular as they're chomping on their McDonald's or their beer, right? Because <laughs> you're not recovering. And so, no, I haven't. I think that it's, I think that when you get, when you get clear about an intention, then you get a sense of necessity and it's not then an obligation to feel fitter and pay attention to your sleep. It's a, it's an exciting opportunity to experience more energy and, and be able to give more to your business and be excited. And let me tell you this for a fact, what we're doing in our business right now, I would not be physically capable of even four years ago, would not be physical, physically capable of coping with what we're doing in our business right now. Yeah, I have more energy now than I did four years ago. And I'm doing wow. 10 times as much. I was going to say, and you're not doing the Benjamin Button thing where you're going back in time and getting younger. So that just goes to show you this stuff. Can I'm trying. I thought that's what was happening, actually. <laughs> Jess, you just ruined a dream for me and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next question, James. How do we do the Benjamin thing? How, How do, do we do, do the Benjamin Well, do you know what? There, you may not be able to go backwards, but like I said about mitochondrial energy, there is a way of... of limiting your exposure to the toxins when you understand what they are again it's awareness there is i, I i've said this to jess i my plan is to see in the next century and i i will be living to 120 and i will be serving at least for the next 80 years yes. i turned 40 this year and you know that is I've, I've still got a long time to serve even if it's another 60 years of serving then i don't know 20 years retirement I've got a long, long time left to serve. So it's my responsibility to stay energetic and vibrant because I, I've got to do something incredible for those, you know, for those years left. Yeah. And something I was, I want to add as well. And you, you talk a lot about like your mission and keeping your mission at the forefront and serving. And I think that's such a huge component of the motivation when we can have something, you know, we talk about having a big vision and dreaming big and all of that, but when you put it like that and you speak of it in that way, I need to be in service for another 60 to 80 years and be here and perform at, at my highest. Um, and it, and it goes beyond just here's, you know, I, I could give up on myself easily. Like I could give up on Jess, Bubbico, you know, whatever. But when I think of it and I mean, I won't, but when I think of it in that grander scheme of things of like, we've got, there's a difference. Like I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to, to help people. I'm here to change things It it totally changes and shifts the game. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a conversation of legacy. And someone asked the other day about, you know, what's the legacy you want to leave. And I said, 
you know, if you're going to leave a legacy, you've got to live a legacy. You know, this isn't a thing. This isn't a thought about what you're gonna what you're gonna write on your gravestone. This is like now. How are you gonna live? Because that's that's where the legacy is. It's it's what you're doing every single day. You know, and I think that I don't want to waste any days. And I'm not saying every single day I'm perfect by no means. And there are days where I'm not my best. Of course, I'm a human. Um, again, it's bounce back ability. And every opportunity is another is another chance to turn it all around. I just wrote that quote down that you just said, if you want to leave a legacy, you need to live a legacy. I love that. Yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. It's true. Um, Simple and true. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even going to that idea of just intention, like that being that is an intention right there um, that can lead you forward. So that's beautiful. Um, okay, so let's talk about, um, I want to talk about a little bit more about action and, and align, like getting into alignment. And you t- I think something that you, you were speaking about after, you know, sleep, we get up, we sleep, we get up in the morning and we go, what are some of your favorite um, sort of ways to get realigned with your vision, get realigned with yourself before you go out and take action in the world? It's like a daily, do you mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm a big believer in um, personal development, air quotes, right? That every strategy is a personal strategy. And so like I've I've shared in the morning, it's it's really important for me, no matter what's happened, to start my day really, really grateful and positive, no matter what's happened. Um, And I, I like to bring my focus down, all the way down to the day. And just deal with today. And my mission every single day, if we're talking about living a legacy, is to be the best that I can be, to be the best husband that I can be, to be the best coach that I can be. But ultimately, the the first thing for me is to be the best person that I can be for me. Because I can't be anything to anyone unless I'm those things for myself first. Um. I, I, I talk about it quite a lot now. Everyone that I serve to have a self-care love affair because that's not what you get taught. We get taught to be selfless. And why would you want to be selfless? I want to be self more, right? So every single day I stay on point of wanting to be the best that I can be by doing what I need to do to be the best that I can be. And my mission, the specifics, whether it be, you know, the movement that we are creating in my life to serve female entrepreneurs um, all around the world living their best lives, or whether it's me wanting to serve, you know, high performers being even greater high performers, or whether it's the, you know, the huge events where we want to stand on stage and inspire um thousands of people every year to be the best they can be whatever the specifics are it all comes down to just influencing the best out of people really the best that we can be it's really that simple for me you know how can i be better and how can i bounce back from when that ugly voice the the bad flavor of ice cream shows up and you know there are strategies you know there are always different ways to go there i i can go from spiritual so very, very mathematical and scientific. It's all a big like dance, right? And I, I wouldn't stick to one type of dance music. 
It depends on how I feel on the day. And I like to be intuitive like that. I, I wouldn't dare set myself one thing to do every single day. I wake up intuitively and recognize that I just want to be the best that I can be. You've got to be in service to be off service. That's what someone said to me once. And it's something that I really live by. Like you said, putting yourself first, not so that you put, you'd kick everyone else off, off the bus, but you have to be at your best, like you said, in order to deliver the best yeah. to those that you have to be of service of. So definitely game for that. Yeah. I think this idea too of the, I love the self-care love affair. And you, you talk a lot too about looking at your, your energy drains and energy plugs too, and like mm-hmm. making sure you're taking care of yourself first. And I think, um, you know, when I first started out in this, like I'm air quoting personal development world <laughs> as well and, and learning how to connect in with myself, um, you know, I thought I needed to be very regimented and journal for five minutes and then meditate for 10 minutes and then do the stretches. And right. um, if I don't do it in that order, or I don't do it like this or I don't do it like mm. that. Um, you know, I failed for the day. And right. I think being this idea of being intuitive for, with your routine for anybody out there who's listening, who's like maybe needs is recognizing they need to start their self-care love affair. I think what you're talking about being intuitive and just actually listening to yourself is a form of self-care of what do I need? Yeah, it, it really is. I will say that it you the, the journey is self-discovery, right? And until you can really connect and tell the difference between the voice that's keeping you small and the voice that's the intuitive one dragging you to the light. Having some strict routines at the beginning does serve because it helps to show you the possibility. Because if you've never experienced sleeping really, really well and feeling fit and eating really amazingly and not having sugar cravings, if you never experienced that, then your intuition might not be the right voice right which is why the beginning journey depending on where you are is you know bringing some bringing some strategy there right and then that's how you get to know the voice and then you can move to that place of real intuition right i i wouldn't recommend everyone just says oh, i'm just going to wake up and do what i feel it depends where you are and i'm bringing that in just as a as a, a bit of awareness piece because i think the the, the thing i learned more than anything else is is how to tell the difference between my ego, that voice that is like, oh, it's just easier to stay in bed, and the the voice that's like, oh, I'm so excited to to jump out and and go to the gym and and connect with those people and you know come back feeling pumped up and amazing. So you know, my next question is going to be how did how do you discern between your intuition and your ego? Well, it's a lesson, and it's and so I I've done this illustration before and obviously you can't do it on the radio but i will describe it to you and in any journey of of growth when you're not doing something that you want to be able to do the the fear or the overwhelm or just simply the 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 idea that the process is going to be too hard is a louder more dominant voice than the i know it's going to be good for me voice and so our job then is to is to consciously for now, because we can't, you know, we can't quiet in that subconscious voice to consciously say, okay, well, how is it going to benefit me? What are the, what, what, what am I excited to experience? And do I have the courage to give it a go, even though there's no guarantees? Just mm-hmm. stick with it. Give myself a challenge. And there's one trick. Human beings love a challenge. We love a challenge. So challenge yourself. 
just enough to be able to achieve, whether it's like a week or two weeks. And if you can start to raise that, that good voice that's leading you in a good direction and you're very, you know, you measure it and you sort of recognize how, how much better you feel, how much better people are seeing you show up, how much better you're eating and, and what's that doing to your relationships? What's that doing to the work you're putting in? And you start measuring and recognizing that suddenly that other voice, it's still there, but it can't overcome this new positive voice. So the beginning stages of like really stacking that confidence shelf, stacking that recognition of your journey, right? Then you start to recognize it. And the more you do it consistently, it's just one of those things you just start to recognize that voice. It becomes a more dominant voice. You can tell the difference. It's like if any of you have had a few weeks where you've not eaten sugar, you've said, okay, I'm not going to eat sugar for the next two weeks. And then the first time you have something sugary, it tastes really sweet, mm-hmm. right? It's easy to, 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 to tell the difference between something that's too sweet or not because you, you've had, had some time away. When you have some time away from your ego, you get to recon- you recognize it a little bit stronger. But it's like anything. It's, it's consistent and intentional, positively intentional encouragement of yourself to follow through, not obligation. Yeah. It becomes like, um, listen, you know, talking to two different friends on the phone who have two different distinct voices. You just start to learn the oh, difference. Oh yeah. You, 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 know? you tell you, this journey of personal development, you talk to yourself a lot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. I want to do this. No, no, I want to do that. <laughs> I was yeah, going to say, yes, that's something that I learned from you actually, just that whole idea of, um, just taking the time to get to know the distinction between the two voices, mm-hmm. playing with them in non-essential areas, mm-hmm. building up a relationship with the voices, building a trust and harmony with those two voices. And then when you do get to those critical crunch points where it's like, okay, I need to do or die on this for want of a better phrase. You've had that experience with the smaller non-essential situations, um, even just playing around with, with foods, uh, making choices, um, uh, even that game that we we're playing that time, Jess, when sending each other objects and stuff like that, building that relationship with your intuit- intuition, your intuitive gifts, so that when it comes down to needing to show up, when the stress, like you said, James, not in a bad way, stress, but when those stresses and tensions show up and your critical cognitive functions are under a bit of pressure, they can flow because you've built that, that relationship with the intuition and you can bring that to the best. Yes. That's right, yeah. And it's, you know, it, like, it's what you're saying there, Dan, is it's be curious. It's, you know, replace any judgments. Because remember, even that ego, it's not evil. It's, not, it's just like an overprotective parent that's trying to wrap you in cotton wool and say, look, I, I know that it's potentially really successful over there, but we don't know what's going to happen. So let's just stay safe, mm-hmm. right? It's just trying to, be, trying to keep you safe. And so mm-hmm. if we can get curious about every thought or get curious about everything in the world rather than judge right or wrong, curiosity you know, it leads us down a path of discovery. Judgment is a period, full stop. Yes. I love it. Well, listen, gentlemen, we have probably 30 seconds left. So James, tell everybody where they can find you and get in contact with you. Um, yeah. So you can find me at jamesrswilliams.com or thegrowthedge.com. Or as we've shared at iheartmylife.com, you can find our website where at the about section, you've got about me, James, and you've got about Emily. You can also find me on Facebook at James Williams Coaching or on Instagram at James R.S. Williams. Oh, I'm going to follow you on Instagram because I've not done that yet. Yeah. James, thank you so, so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom with us today. We are so grateful. And um, for everybody out there in 
the radio waves land, make it a great day. Exactly. Great day. Thank you and for follow having us me. too. Method Meets Magic on Instagram. Method Meets Magic on Facebook. Let's all be friends. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs>